Thank you for tuning in to the Wellington Heights Community Church podcast. We are starting our vision casting series, and this week we are talking about worship. I'm always reminded of an old Christian hip-hop song by a group called Soldiers that says, Working on really serving him in praise. W-O-R-S-H-I-P. Working on really serving him in praise is exactly what we at Wellington Heights Community Church strive to do each Sunday and every day of the week. So stay tuned as Pastor Keon leads you through a great message on what worship means to us. Hey, what's good, y'all? Pastor Keon here of Wellington Heights Community Church. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Uh, The scripture reading that I am going to be teaching from is from John chapter 4, verse 4 through 24. And I'll read it right now. Uh, Jesus had to go to Samaria. He came to the Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for, uh, for some, something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and uh, Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, If you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, Give me some water to drink, you would be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us. He drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say, I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You have five husbands, and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You have spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in uh, Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship worship what we do know because salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming and it, it is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. Thank you so much, 
for uh, tuning in again. Um, for the next three weeks, we are going to be working through our three values, worship, reconciliation, and neighborhood development. So if you are new here or you, uh, you've you been here for a while, um, uh, you've been here for the be- front since the beginning, uh, I think this is going to be helpful to figuring out how this community works. Uh, our mission and vision at Wellington Heights Community Church is we want to join God in the reconciliation of all things through worship, reconciliation, and neighborhood development. And today, I get to spend a little bit of time talking about the value of worship. Now, worship is uh, kind of uh, intuitive when you think about a church's pillars, right? And we want it to to be that way. We want it to make sense, right? We want to create a church culture that takes the words and the deeds of Jesus seriously, so much so that we actually follow them. We want to create followers, not fans, disciples of Jesus, not just Christians. One of them is religious and based on merit and forms in their circles. And the other is committed to a life of sacrifice, love of one another, our neighbors and our enemies, and devotion to join God in making all things flourish. So before I, I, I really get started, I want to I pray. God, thank you so much that we get to join you in all things. God, you invite us into what you're doing, God. Help us to always have that posture, not to be the savior uh, of of people, but uh, ultimately we are joining in on your work and we get to be uh, mutual uh, in in everything that we do with with our neighbors. So thank you so much for who you are. Um, Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. When when I say the word worship, what, what comes to mind? I think for me, I've been formed to think at least two things. The first one is singing or dancing to God. Or, or the second one is, is bending down on your knee and, and praying or crying or petitioning to God. While these postures can bring about worship, it's not far-fetched for me to say that over the last century in, in our church culture, in many developed countries, we have centered those two postures as the central way to worship God. Not only have we not explored what worship could be or can be, we've labeled any other form of worship as less than or alternative or sometimes even evil because it's not the way we're used to worship. We've done this not knowing that the diversity of ways to worship goes, uh, goes back to um, the early patristic periods, the first, second, and third century. Another reason why centering these two postures is unhealthy is because it's it's not accessible to everyone, right? Not everyone can sing or dance. Not not everybody wants to sing or dance. Uh, Not everybody likes music, right? And not everybody can can kneel down or or not everybody can pray or pray or or cry, right? Think think, uh, young kids. I uh, think uh, those who are disabled, think the elderly, right? Uh, these these postures, these two postures, if, if it's the only way to worship God, it's the, if it's the key way to worship God, then it excludes hundreds of millions of Jesus followers all over the world. Um, if you visit the, the church building, you'll, you'll see a mural um, that was painted by uh, Stephanie uh, Hefner. 
And on this mirror, you'll see a, a, a tree coming out of a stump. And it, and it quotes from Isaiah 43, verse 19. It says, look, I am doing a new thing. Can't you perceive it? In this verse, God is telling Israel uh, to not look back at their old way, but open their eyes to the new way that God was, was going to move. They were used to moving a certain way. Traditions got so mon mundane that they were intentionally or unintentionally putting God in a box. They knew what to expect from God, or at least they knew what they wanted to expect, expect from God. They lost their creativity of worship. They, they lost their awe of God, their awe and their wonder of God. They were black and white. Their whole experience with God was mid, as the uh, Generation Z would say. When everything is bland in a relationship, this can cause a downfall. When both partners, whether it be friendships, a spouse or a relative, when both partners uh, um, are, are completely lost their curiosity about each other, um, it, they lose their sense of wonder, this, their sense of um, adventure, exploration about life with this person. And at best, the product of their relationship is at best a stalemate, right? Uh, neutral. Counselors often suggest trying something new with your friend or partner. Uh, with, the notion, with the notion that uh, we are complex people and we, we hardly ever uh, have, have discovered everything there is to know about uh, your friend or your partner, right? But maybe, maybe you don't want to discover uh, all that you want about your partner, right? Maybe you don't want to discover uh, more about your friend or your relative. I wonder if the the lack of risk comes from fear. I'm comfortable with what I know. If it's not broken, don't fix it. I wonder if the Israelites were scared to worship God in this new and different way. They they may have feared if 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 we do things differently, if if we try this new way, if we accept this new thing that God is doing, it may destroy everything that we've built. We as humans, we desire control and stability and predictability. Not a new way. Uh, uh, Jenny and Austin uh, Chatham, uh, Jenny is uh, uh, the director of uh, Soul Care here at Wellington Heights Community Church. But uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, they got the uh, opportunity to skydive and um, got to kind of hear uh, their experience with, with skydiving and, and how, um, how scary the whole process can be, right? As you, you're in the plane and the, the plane, the doors are open and, and uh, you're flying all the way up in the air and you're strapped on and, and um, you know, you the guy who's you strapped on you you jump and it's just a scary experience um and i think the reality is like when we when we think about a new way of worship or even the israelites when they think about a new way of worship um, um that is different from the traditional way that we are used to worshiping god it can be as scary as jumping off uh, of an airplane to skydive but one of the things that austin and jenny told me once they jumped was that 
it just it's unexplainable the the you you can't imagine what uh what the the sensations and the and the the things that you will experience while you are are, are falling you know and um i think the other side of of that risk is uh, really a new uh, experience and i think for worship and, and what jesus is trying to do and what god is trying to invite us in is is that is it's is like that um, there's this new way and, and we have to trust God, trust, make that jump um, because it's going to allow us to experience God in a new way. And Jesus speaks of this new way again in his um, uh, in his conversation with the woman who blesses him with water. As he says to her, no longer will you have to worship God in, in a temple in Jerusalem or on this mountain. Actually, the time is now. That, that you won't you won't have to do that because true worshipers worship God in spirit and in truth and God is seeking such worshipers but what is this true worship though the woman must have wondered what Jesus was talking about because she had no context outside of her systematic view of worship right right you you sacrifice you go to Jerusalem you you, you there's a system that she had to follow she may have thought that he was maybe thinking um, maybe he's going to allow us to pray, sing, and sacrifice animals in more than one spot. I don't know. It, it, it may have been a weird saying to her. But I believe that what Jesus was trying to do was to reveal his plan to expand worship beyond our imaginations, beyond what is known. The boxes that we have made that define worship we're going to be opened. Worship will be more accessible, not just for the well-read or the able-bodied male, but for the blind and the lame and the poor and the elderly and the young and, the, and for women. This worship will not be based on a systematized list of traditions and expectations, but based on the authentic outpour of our hearts to God. This new worship will create space for everyone to respond to the abundant love of God. And that's what we believe worship is. That's what we believe worship to be. It's creating space to respond to the abundant love of God. So how do we worship? Yes, it's, it's singing, it's dancing, it's listening, it's uh, listening to music, it's praying and paying homage to God. But it's also blessing the person who cut you off and, and on the road. It's, it's being patient, being the person in line at the grocery store, being patient with the, the new cashier. It's, it's taking in God's creation. It's vacation. It's rest. It's care for your body. It's speaking kind words to, about someone who's hurt you. It's blessing those, even those who have fired you. Or, or stabbed you in the back. It's being interruptible. It's saying no. It's saying yes. Listen to what Isaiah um, says about fasting. Fasting is a form of worship. And, and, and this is what God charged Israel. Uh, this comes from uh, uh, the book of Isaiah. It says, Announce to my people their crime. They seek me day after day. Desire, desiring my knowledge 
of my ways, like a nation that acted righteously and didn't abandon their God. They asked me for righteous judgment, wanting to be close to God, saying, why do, you, why do we fast and you don't see? Why afflict ourselves and you don't notice? Yet on your fast day, you, you do whatever you want. You oppress all your workers. You quarrel and brawl and, and then you fast. You hit each other violently with your fist. You shouldn't fast as, as you are doing today if you want to make your voice heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I choose? A day of self-affliction, a, a, of bending one's head like a reed, of, and, uh, of lying down in mourning, clothing, and, and ashes? Is this what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast I choose? Releasing the wicked restraint? Untying the rope of yoke? Setting the free, setting free the mistreated and breaking every yoke? Isn't it sharing your, your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked when you see them and not hiding from your family? If you remove your yoke and, uh, among you and, and the finger pointing and the wicked speech, if you open your hearts to the hungry and provide abundantly for those who are afflicted, your light will shine in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noon. A fast, a worship that is pleasing to God is, is love for God's self, others, and the rest of creation. Worship to God is reflected in our love for others, our love for God, and our capacity uh, to, to receive the love from God. A it's, it's, it's interesting about Jesus' bold statement about worshiping God in spirit and truth. Because one of the things that he's doing is he's making worship accessible both physically and spiritually. This was indeed a bold new thing and a part of the new thing that God was going to do. The new way is not as things used to be. And what I mean by this is we can get lost in the nostalgia of an amazing experience with God. People have told me stories, and I have my own experiences of amazing encounters with God, amazing time spent with God that brought about catalytic change in our lives. These moments should be remembered, written down, honored, and revisit, uh, revisited for revitalization. But they should not be the bar. They should not be the bar of what our our worship experience can be. God is saying, look, I'm doing a new thing, far better than what you've experienced before. Don't covet the past. You can always remember the past. You can look to the past uh, to, to know that God is, is, is real and, and walking with us. But don't covet the past. Look, he's doing a new thing. And God wants to commune with us in a new way, maybe in a way that you've never experienced, but you have to be able to open up to that. We are invited into a new way of worship, a worship that includes all of our senses. It includes our love for neighbor and enemies. It includes all abilities. And it can be done anywhere. God invites us into a new thing. We, we just need to create space to encounter and respond to God's abundant love. Pray with me.
God, thank you that we get to worship you in a plethora of ways, in many ways, God, in, in ways that maybe we haven't even thought of yet. But worship, worship is, is, is something that you want us to do in every aspect of our lives. And it's not just raising our hands up, but giving a helping hand to our, our enemies, those who uh, it's hard for us to love. God, may we be the hands and the feet of Jesus. May we reflect the Son. May we um, continue, even when we, we fail, to, to get up and know that you love us and that you never give up on us. God, may our worship to you be satisfying. Thank you so much that you are with us. Thank you for the body. Help us to never give up on the body and help us to continue to love our neighbors better and love you with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to turn on your notifications so you can be one of the first to listen to future episodes. Also, be sure to hit that like button and share this podcast and feel free to leave a comment or two as we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit our website to stay updated with what is going on in the community. As you know, we are reliant upon the benevolent gifts of donors just like you to continue ministry in an urban setting. So if you are compelled to give, please give at donorbox.org backslash WHCC. Or you can visit our website, wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org and hit that donate button. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Have a blessed day.